Oh boy, a lot to unpack here. A lot to unpack. Oh hell yeah, I am here for this. Wait, why do they have tails if they're in human form? Everybody, geek girls, geek boys, and geeks beyond the binary, this is the I Ship It podcast, and I'm your host, Emily J, here to talk to you about fan fiction and fandom and all that fun stuff you pretend you're not looking at on your phone at work. Hope you guys have had a wonderful week. I have also. I am here in a new studio today, and by new studio, I mean new room in my apartment. Um, we are trying stuff out in a different room. So if it sounds a little bit different, that's why I'm not in my Citadel today. I'm out in the dining room, like a human being. And we're going to see if this works because it's a better place to have guests than in your closet. So I'm told in polite society. So I did some fun stuff this week. Uh, number one, I quit my job. Um, not to read fan fiction full-time, just to go to something new that wasn't going to suck the soul out of my ears every day. And I started my new job today. Um, so that was fun. I'm not giving anybody details about anything because I don't need that floating around in the internet. But uh, it was good. It was felt real good to leave that other job. I have to tell you guys, it felt real, real good. Somebody complained about the schedule and I got to say, oh, sorry, you got to talk to your boss about that. And that boss wasn't me. It was so nice. It was so nice. And today I went to my new job and I'm just a temp. So I have, I mean, I have no employees. I don't have anybody who's mad at me yet. And it's so good. It's so good not to have anybody be mad at you yet. I say yet because I'm sure I'll fuck something up. But eh, right now it's a, it's a golden golden time at this new opportunity. But what did I do this weekend, friends? Chelsea and I went to Comic-Con on Saturday. And that was just, we went last year too. And it was just an experience and a half as always. I mean, you know, I do this podcast. I'm, I'm telling my own, I'm living my truth these days about what kind of dweeb I am. And then I get to go to Comic-Con and it's like, damn girl, <laughs> damn, you're not even close. You're not even in the same fucking league as some of these people. You're not even playing the same sport. You got nothing. I didn't even work up a cosplay this year, which I mean, last year I, I literally was just a girl in a tar TARDIS dress. I was not the TARDIS. I was a girl in a TARDIS dress and sparkly shoes, but I, I, I did that. And this year all I managed was my Harry Potter t-shirt, which hmm, still did not leave me unscathed from the uh, critical male eye on a on the train down. A, uh, a neck beard sitting down while I was standing gave me a once over, lingered a little too long on the center of my t-shirt and went, so you like Harry Potter? And like, I wanted to peel his skin off and feed it to him, but I didn't. I said, I looked him dead in the eye and I said, who? Now, the shirt that I was wearing was very clearly an Albus Dumbledore t-shirt, and it was short sleeve, so you could see my Hogwarts crest on the back of my arm. It was in plain view. This motherfucker, if he wanted to make conversation to, like, I don't know, make himself appealing, he picked, first of all, 
certainly the wrong person because I never want to talk to anybody ever, especially on the train. But to start with that fucking line, oh, you like Harry Potter? Fuck you. Like what I really wanted to say now, and and in hindsight, what I should have said was, isn't that who Meghan Markle's married to? That's what I really should have said. And then he would have probably spontaneously combusted. As it was, he just kind of (laughs) went, and I didn't want to hear anything else that came out of his stupid face. So I went to another part of the train. Anyway, that was on the way to to Comic-Con. And, um, and then we got there and it was divine. I was, I could bankrupt myself and my husband if given, you know, permission to do so at Comic-Con because there are so many amazing artists. Just, this is, I mean, I'm just talking about art. I'm not even talking about swag. I'm talking about art. Just like the coolest shit I have ever seen ever. And I just want to like buy something from every single person because they all put so much work into it and they, they make such beautiful stuff. (sighs) They make such beautiful stuff and it's all the things that I like and even the shit I don't understand. Like I don't understand anything about anime, but I was looking at these things like these are gorgeous. I mean, there was just, I can't even, I the, the social media to accompany this episode is going to have a really long list of uh, links and um, uh, just links, I guess, is what I'm saying. Links and artists that I want you to check out because they are divine. And if I didn't buy something from them, then I'm putting them on the podcast because they were just so good and they deserve more... Um, more recognition. Uh, the one I do want to call attention to, uh, there were three or four, I guess I could call it. I could just talk about them all, but I'm not going to. Um, so there's a place called Ollie's wand shop. Uh, they hand carve Harry Potter wands and I had to get one. And this was actually Jared's suggestion, which, and then our credit cards are linked. So when the email came through, to him that I had purchased this, he texted me like immediately. It was like, OMG, did you get a wand? <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah, I got a wand. And it's cute. It's, I mean, it's like, it's nothing fancy, but it was one of those weird experiences where they were like, you know, they're, they're there. They know their audience friends. And they're like, the wand chooses the witch or wizard, step right up. And, uh, and I was like, you know what? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, Jared was like, you should get a wand. And I was like, all right, you don't have to tell me twice. So I took that as explicit permission to spend our hard-earned money on a wand. And I went right over, (laughs) marched right up. And I picked up a couple and they were beautiful. But I got to be real, guys. It just straight up, it did not feel right. And there was this one that was like, of course, Chelsea was kind of rolling her eyes at me because I was taking a really long time. And uh, she... (laughs) I was like, she's like, what about this one? What about this one? And I kept picking them up. I'm like, I don't know. This would like hurt my hand though. And she looked at me and she goes, for everyday use is what you're saying. You don't want to get calluses on your wand hand because you're going to be using it so often to cast spells. And uh, I was like, well, yeah, obviously, Chelsea. I used to carry a wand in my car and I would have it in my like sun visor. And then when I was in traffic and people were pissing me off and I was 20 years old, I would take the wand out and I would pretend to curse them. And they were at the very least, get the fuck away from me because I was clearly insane. Anyway, I don't have a car now, so I could just carry, I guess I could carry it in my purse and hex strangers on the train. And then I'd just be one of the crazy ones and maybe people would leave me alone. Who knows? Anyway, 
I picked up this one and I was like, I think, I think this is my wand. And I was debating between one and the other. And the other one had this cute little Deathly Hallows carved on it, but it just didn't, it just didn't feel right, guys. It didn't feel like my wand. And I was like holding it for a while and I put the Deathly Hallows one down and I was like, yeah, I think, I think this is it. And the woman was like, did this wand choose its witch? And I was like, it did. I bought right into that shit. And I went home with a wand from Ollie's. So they have an Etsy shop. We're going to link to it. It's, uh, it's adorable. And they're all, I mean, I guess I know everybody says this, but they're all uh, individual things. They don't repeat designs, I guess. I mean, I believe them because I am a slut for good marketing. And these people know what the fuck they're doing. Anyway, um, there's me a link. I suggest you order a wand or you go to a Comic-Con that they're going to be at and you get one in person because it's so cute. So cute. Um, the other person, one of the other places I wanted to call attention to was, uh, Jeff Carpenter, the artist. He created my absolute favorite piece of fandom art that I bought last year. It's this glorious Stephen Bucky, uh, <laughs> drawing slash painting. It's, it's the cutest thing in the world. And it's the Instagram post is the, I, I just, I just love it so much to the point that I saw it again. And Chelsea was like, you bought this last year. You have it at home. You cannot buy it a second time just because you want to look at it right now. And I was like, damn it, Chelsea, why you gotta, why you gotta be like that? Like, I know I shouldn't, but like, look at how great it is. And she's like, I know, babe, I know how great it was last year when you purchased it. So she had a point. So I, um, I didn't buy a second copy of my favorite piece of fandom art, but I told, I got, this is the other thing that's great about Comic-Con. I got to tell the artist how much his work meant to me. I was like, Hey dude, I look at this every single day. And every time I look at it, it makes me smile. And I just wanted to say thank you for creating it because it's really, really wonderful. He was like, you know, it's, I, I just like people buy stuff and then I never, you know, I don't see them again or I see them like once a year. He goes, it's really great to hear that, that like, you know, it's some, it's hanging up in somebody's house and, and it brings them joy. I was like, it brings me so much joy. I love it so much. It's on my desk. It's the centerpiece of my fandom corner of our apartment. It's perfect. So I bought another piece from him and I will post that on Instagram as well. And I think you guys should go to his website and check this stuff out. Cause it's just so, it's so good. He has a great sense of humor and it comes through in his art and it's, his work is beautiful and funny and just something, something that you need to be perfectly honest. And the last one I'm going to talk about specifically because I think it's very important before I get into my, you know, actual podcast. Um, or even just talking about the rest of Comic-Con, which I haven't even done yet. Um, it's this company called magicwheelchair.org and they design and create cosplay for, um, people who are in wheelchairs. The one that I will, uh, put on, I'm going to do like a little cosplay or, you know, whatever the words I'm looking for is Comic-Con roundup of photos to accompany this, uh, link on Instagram. But the the cosplay that I saw was so amazing. It was just like, I mean, I was blown away. I had to stop. Everybody was taking photos. It was just, oh my God, it was so good, guys. It was so good. 
This woman was in her in her chair, and she had behind her a gigantic, hugely detailed, super gorgeous demigorgon from um, Stranger Things, and it was on wheels as well, I believe. And it her wheelchair was motorized, and so she could pull it, so it looked like it was chasing her. And it was so good. It was so real, and it was gigantic. And then next to her was her service dog, and he had this little um, this little collar on with teeth. And if you haven't seen Stranger Things, this doesn't make any fucking sense. But if you have seen Stranger Things, especially season two, there is a thing called a demodog. And that's what her service dog was. He was so perfect. It was so wonderful. But I think it's really important um, to link to this to this company and to give them some support because they are um, uh, creating access, providing access to a group of people who might otherwise not be able to cosplay and enjoy Comic-Con to the fullest. And I think that's fantastic and wonderful. And this girl was so happy and so proud of her cosplay. And I was just like, yes, this is what it's all about. This is wonderful. Way to go, magicwheelchair.org. And so with that, I will move on. I'm done gushing about artists. Not really. I'll still gush. but uh, But yeah, so we... Got there too late to see David Tennant, classic us, and wandered around aimlessly with, we found out, um, I have, I say found out, I've known this since birth, that I have no sense of direction, and if given a choice between like a 50% chance of success, I have a 100% rate of failure of choosing the right way to turn. So, and for whatever reason, and this has happened my whole life, people just assume that I know what the fuck I'm doing. So they just follow me. And that's what Chelsea did. She was like, yeah, sure. I mean, you, you seem to know where you're going. I had no, um, no bearing. I have no, I have no sense of direction. I didn't know where the fuck we were. So most of the day was spent me making the wrong choice as far as directions go and her trailing after me being like, this doesn't seem like it's the right way, but eh, I'll go with it. Also, the Oregon Convention Center where we were all day is a circle (laughs) and super difficult to get your bearings, I think, personally. And so we went around and around. Chels followed me. We missed David Tennant. Not that we were really ever going to have time to see him because the doors open at 10. He was on at 11. And I don't think we walked, we got through the line to get in until... 10 to 11. So like, there's just, there's just no way. Wasn't meant to be. But we did see the fabulous, amazing, wonderful, fantastic Felicia Day, who was on Supernatural and Eureka. And she does her own little web series or TV series. I don't know what it is. She does her own little series called The Guild. And what else was she in? Oh, uh, Dr. Horrible sing-along blog. Just a bunch of um, classic geek stuff. I recognized her from playing Charlie on Supernatural. She was one of my favorite characters back when I loved that show before it went into a bajillion seasons where everybody dies 25 times and then there are no stakes. But at some point I'll do a Supernatural episode and we'll get into all of my twisty feelings about that show. Anyway, she is like the queen of geek culture and she's so sweet and bubbly and just like, she's just adorable. But her panel was almost entirely Q&A. Well, why did I say that? Her panel was entirely Q&A. Which, like, I get. She's all about her fan service, and she loves her fans, and that's wonderful. But at the same time, I just kind of wanted to hear, like, 
what, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to hear her story. And I heard some of it through the questions that she was asked, but not, um, not a lot of it. And I, it left me wanting, left me wanting more, Felicia. Um, I will say though, that the, uh, the last question, oh my God, the last person who asked a question was so fucking creepy. And I'm, I, I'm, I, I never want to shame people. That is not why I started this podcast, but he spoke and a cold chill of fear just like entered my veins. Like I felt so much dread listening to this guy's voice and maybe it was just me and Chelsea because Chelsea grabbed my hand and, uh, was like, this is terrifying. I hate it. I want him to stop speaking. He just had a really deep, scary voice that sounded like he should be explaining to the police where he buried the bodies of 50 women. But instead he was asking her extremely specific questions about a D&D campaign that she had done and videotaped a while ago, I think. I got very confused. But I also don't play D&D. I know nothing about it. And... Um, I'm, I'm going to give Chelsea a little personal shout out because I feel really bad. I don't like to say no to her, but the one time I gave her a hard, firm no was when she asked if Jared and I would play D&D with her. And I was like, sweetheart, I would give you a kidney if you needed it. I will not play D&D with you ever. Do not ask me. And she was just so crestfallen. But we were at a geek girl brunch and I was like, hey, anybody play D&D? And like five people raised their hand. And I was like, here, pick a new friend. <laughs> so I think she'll, I think she'll survive without me playing D&D with her. But this guy just wanted to talk about that and he was fucking terrifying. And when I told Jer about it, he made a good point. He was like, geek culture is mainstream now. We don't have to all act like we still live in our mom's basements and be creepy as fuck and not, you know, trim our facial hair. This guy had a goatee that was just way too long. It was inappropriate long. It was inappropriately long. It was awful. It was horrible. And then with the creepy voice, and then with the with the the way he kind of rambled, I mean, it was just, it was everything I never wanted to hear. And I had to hear all of it. And I've never cringed so hard in my whole damn life. So that kind of put a damper on things. But the rest of the con was fantastic. Um, and that's that's all I have to say about that, I guess. I thought I had more, but no, the con was great. I loved it. And I wish I had decided to cosplay, but at the same time, there were so many people and I was already a sweaty, sweaty mess that I can't imagine wearing a full costume um, would have made things any better. So perhaps if I go to a con at a colder time of year, I could do something fun like a Darcy Lewis cosplay, but that girl is always be, always be wearing sweaters and beanies and that just, that wasn't gonna happen. Also, oh, at the, uh, at one of the pop vinyl you know, stores, wall of pop Funko things that they had. I was just hoping against hope that I'd missed it somehow. And I was like, you don't have a Darcy Lewis, do you? And the woman was like, oh no, they don't make her. And I was like, yeah, I know. I just thought, you know, maybe, maybe I missed something. She was like, no, what you need to do is get the design your own female pop and then paint it to look like Darcy. And I was just like, ah, bah, 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 bah. Don't put this idea in my head. It will only lead to sadness and heartbreak and disappointment. There's no way that I wouldn't just be like covered in art supplies, pissed off, rage painting and fucking everything up 
while Jer sits on the couch and tries to pretend like he's not watching me fail. Because that is how most art projects in the Jizorsky home go, my friends, if it's me doing the arting. Jer is the artist. I am the uh, force of natural destruction when it comes to creativity. So anything I try to do ends up just a fucking wreck. And usually Jer, if he can salvage it, he's the one who has to salvage it. Otherwise, it's just thrown in the trash. There have been plenty of art projects, P.S., that I have tried when he's not home because I was like full of this like piss and vinegar about being an independent woman who don't need no man to fix her art projects. And of course I fuck them up and so I throw them away before he even gets home. So that's my confession to you, my love, (laughs) is that all the art projects he's fixed for me, there's probably like eh, 25% more that I just couldn't even bring myself to show you how bad and upsetting they were. (laughs) And I threw them out in shame before you even got home. So, so, but you know what? Um, The theme of this this particular podcast. And I think I'm going to do my first themed month of podcasting. Uh, This idea came to me the other day is that there is nothing to be ashamed of when you're creating something. Like I said, unless you're me and it's garbage, but if you're creating something that anybody enjoys, there's nothing to be ashamed of. So with that in mind, I'm going to transition into what I'm calling cringe binge September, 2018. I don't know if I'll do this every September. I have no idea. Maybe I'll do it another month totally. It'll be like cringe binge April. I don't know. But cringe binge, cringe binge September 2018 is where I am challenging myself and my co-star when she comes here to read things that are cringy. And when I say cringy, I mean cringy by fandom standards. I think it's something that I have just taken for granted that it's like, yeah, of course there's things that like you don't write about in fan fiction. Of course there's like topics you don't, things you don't do or things that are like, Ooh, I hate that. I hate when people do that. It's so cringy. And I saw a post on Tumblr that said this woman had said, this girl said she went to her therapist and they were talking about her fan fiction and how she writes self inserts. And, um, that her therapist was like, oh, I think that's great. And then she went on to explain like, no, it isn't great because you know, it's like the redheaded stepchild of the fan fiction community and everybody acts like it's like taboo. And it's, and that's what she said. She said, everybody, it's like really cringy. Like nobody wants to read those. And everybody's like, oh, that's so pathetic when people write that. And her therapist made a salient point and she said, you have a very negative self image from what I know about you as your doctor you have a very negative self-image. You don't see yourself in a positive light so much of the time. Why, why when you write something, you're, you're inserting yourself into a situation that is positive relatively, I would assume. I mean, you're with a character that, you know, you love, or you're in a world that you love that brings you comfort and peace and happiness. Why is writing about that cringy? Like, why is exploring that in literature cringy? If it's a way to see yourself in a positive light, then it's, then it's good. And you shouldn't be made to feel ashamed of that. And I really felt shitty hearing that. Cause I was like, fuck, I've been reading fan fiction since I was 11 years old. And I've always 
always look down on the self-insert, always. The reader insert, the uh, original character who's clearly the author, you know, I always look down on it. And I, I, had to, I had to check myself before I wrecked myself this week. And I was like, why the fuck do I do that? Why do we write fan fiction to, to make ourselves? We sure as shit don't write it to get paid, guys. That's for damn sure. Um, we don't do it to like make, you know, members of the opposite sex or the same sex like us. We don't do it for attention. We do it because it makes us happy because we have friends who enjoy it on the internet and it's a place that we can explore. And one of the things we've talked about on this podcast is that it's the thing about fan fiction is it's just pure creation. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to worry about if it's marketable and if, or if it'll, you know, if it'll sell or if it has a wide, you know, a broad audience appeal, like there might be 10 other lunatics on the web, on the internet who like the same weird shit that you do. And when they find your stuff, it's like the best thing ever because, Hey, one of us, one of us. And it also reminded me of a a moment that I had with my own therapist when I first started going to her, which was, you know, she was asking, and I was not enjoying my job at all. And I was not feeling really great at home because I said, you know, I was experiencing a lot of feelings of like guilt and um, kind of worthlessness because I wasn't working on any original fiction. I was only writing fan fiction. And that I felt like I was, you know, it's like a waste of time and I, you know, it's not going to amount to anything. So I shouldn't be doing it. I should only be working on my original fiction because that's the only thing that'll get me, um, you know, a publishing contract or a new job or, you know, attention from an agent or whatever. And she was very confused. She was like, but you, but you like writing it, right? And I was like, well, yeah, but who cares about that? And she was like, you should care about that, Emily. It's, you don't have a lot of things that you enjoy doing that you're able to do. Like you don't have to, you know, you have no time and energy to pursue a lot of your interests. So I think if you have time and you're making, the thing that you're making time to write is what you call just fan fiction. It sounds like you're enjoying yourself and you're being creative and you're exercising your writing muscles and people, you know, you're getting validation and, you know, compliments and praise from your online fan base and your online friends. So why, why is that not worth it? Why is that a waste of your time? And of course, you know, 25 years or whatever of shame was sitting in the back of my throat. And I was like, Lynn, it's fan fiction. It doesn't count. And she was like, but it makes you happy. So it does count. And I don't write fan fiction. Of course, you know, bless her. She's like, I didn't even know what fan fiction was until you started coming to my office. She was like, so I couldn't write something like that. So why, why do you act like it doesn't matter? It's still, it's still important. It's important to you. So it does matter. And that's why she's the doctor. And I'm the fucked up girl who goes to her twice a month because she's absolutely right. She's a hundred percent right. And so is the therapist who talked to this woman on Tumblr. And so I am... Uh, owning up to my own shit. And I am saying sorry to every writer that I ever rolled my eyes at or scoffed or acted like I was fucking better than because I didn't write self inserts. 
so this this week and maybe i'll probably do this all month i don't know i mean i'm just gonna read some shit that i didn't want to read that's the whole month um so this week i i have i gave myself a softball and i went to archive of our own and i typed in um i i looked for the tag reader insert and sorted by number of comments high to low now this could possibly be cheating because I found a really popular one. Um, also, there was a whole fucking bunch of uh, shit that I didn't understand. And I wasn't ready to delve into an entirely new fandom. Because I felt like it would be too many things against against the story starting off. Like, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And it was reader insert. And that, that just didn't bode well for me or for the author or the story. It wouldn't be giving them a fair chance. So, I sorted high to low comments and I found one and it was like three pages in and I was looking for anything that I recognized. I got rid of all the anime stuff. I got rid of all the video game stuff and I found (laughs) scrolling through, scrolling through and I got to one that said um, in which the reader owns an all night cupcake shop and Bucky Barnes needs a cupcake. <laughs> and I was like, I asked you for a prize, Internet, and you told me yes. <laughs> you delivered. That'll do, Archive. That'll do. So I, I opened it up, and I read it, and I did not want to like it. I wanted to get through this whole month with my teeth grit and be like, yeah, I support you, but I still hate this shit. And story is called Sweet Dreams Are Made of This. It's by Above the Smokestacks. And it is a Bucky Barnes reader insert. And it's, guys, it's, it's really fucking good. I didn't want to admit that. I didn't want to love it. I didn't at all. And maybe I could have not greased the wheels so much. But I have, I mean, I just, I just stopped working in food service. And two of my most important food service jobs were cafe slash bakery related. And I have a soft spot in my heart for the bakery AU. And I am currently writing a bakery AU. It's it's on my archive. And if you can find it, you can read it. It's Stephen Darcy. It's nothing but fucking fluff. Absolutely nothing of substance except the fluff. Um, so I have a... I have a... I almost, <laughs> I almost said I have a hard spot for the bakery AU. I do not have a hard spot. I have a soft spot for the bakery AU. And... Uh, and it was just, I was like, okay, you know what? I, I'm already, I'm already kind of feeling, I'm already kind of feeling this. So I started reading it and um, I was waiting for the thing that I talked about in the very first episode, which was when I'm taken out of the story by the your name, the YN. Um, and this author above the smokestacks uh, didn't do that. Not even once in seven chapters. It's a complete fic. Seven chapters. Not once was there a Y slash N. And like 
damn it, that's the one thing. That's the one thing that always takes me out of it, that always like zaps into my brain and and firmly removes me from the narrative, which is weird because it should be the other way around. And this author didn't do it, not once. And um, they wrote about Bucky's integration into society and trying to navigate his way and find his way when he's not a weapon anymore and he's just... He's just a guy who's who's got a bunch of mixed up memories and a bunch of, you know, PTSD and a bunch of hangups and and there's no, you know, it's it was so easy to read and enjoy and I really really liked it and I don't know why it's so hard for me to admit that because I should just be like, "Yay, I found a thing that I liked." And I'm like going against my own programming here because it's so, it's so weird for me to like this fic. And I didn't just like this fic. I read it twice in a single day to make sure that I liked this fic. Uh, Spoiler alert, still did. And then um, I found out that it's part of a series and I went and I read the sequel right after dinner tonight and before we recorded this podcast. So if you want to read both, the series itself is called Sweet Dreams. The first story is Sweet Dreams Are Made of This and the second is Assorted Flavors, which I thought was pretty cute. Um... But yeah, Bucky's in, in fairly decently in character. Um, the reader's adorable. And again, I, like I said, I, I have spent a lot of time in coffee shops and bakeries. I felt very connected to this particular reader. So maybe there was a little bit of wish fulfillment, a little bit of fantasy sharing there. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine about the cringe binge and you know self-inserts and everything. And one of the things we were talking about is like, well, yeah, I was, I was like, oh, it's just like reading somebody else's fantasy. Yeah, it fucking is. That's what fan fiction is. It's our fantasy about what we wished would have happened. And whether that's between two characters who will never, ever, ever have a scene together like Darcy Lewis and Steve Rogers, or it's about a, a character that you can step into the shoes of and you can be the one dancing with Bucky Barnes in your bakery after you close. Not that I, you know, fantasize about that at all, but, um, you know, if that's the thing you're into, I recommend this particular fan fiction. It's really good. So, you know what? High five and a big old kudos to you about the smokestacks because I honestly, this is probably a terrible choice for the cringe binge because bitch, I didn't cringe once, not even once. I just, I read it with a big old smile on my face. And if you're worried about a second person narrative where there might be some, uh, some sexy times, eh, it doesn't happen in this story. It's G-rated. It's, um, it's pretty slow. It's a pretty slow burn. So don't worry about that and just enjoy it for what it is. It's just a sweet, a sweet little reader insert and it's sequel. And I applaud you. above the smokestacks because you took something that should have been cringy 
and you made it a damn delight. So good job. Also, I'm mad at you. So that is my fic of the week and the recommendation at the same time. So I'm going to post both stories in the show notes so that you can enjoy them and not cringe right along with me. I have acquired a few recommendations for the month. I am opening up uh, my asks and my inboxes on all of my social medias to if anybody else has a story. (laughs) I mean, and it could be that like you just want me to cringe and you just remember a story that just made you like, oh God, I hated this. Send it to me. I'm curious. Make me cringe. That's what September's all about, right? We're getting into fall. Next month, it's going to be a bunch of scary stuff. It's October. It's the best month of the whole year. And then, so yeah, so let's, you know, let's cringe a little bit. Cringe with me. All right? Um, Two great things happened this week before I wrap up. One is that our business cards came in. And they're amazing. And I cannot wait. Uh, I'm going to have Jer take some pretty photos of them because the ones I took with my phone are garbage and these deserve a place of honor. They are from our friends at the Laughing Owl Printing Press in Kane, Pennsylvania. They have an old-timey letterpress and they design everything by hand and they do amazing work. They also get a link this week. And I want you to go check them out for all of your paper printing press needs. They're wonderful. Joe and Andrea... Thank you guys. And Ingrid, who worked with me personally via email, it is exactly what I wanted. And you made my little fangirl dream come true. I am so excited to start handing these out. I'm so, I'm so lucky. I feel so lucky to be represented by these beautiful pieces of art and by having you guys kind of like on our team, which is awesome. So thank you so much for that. And I think... Oh, the other wonderful thing that happened is that somebody I didn't specifically hand the podcast to. I was I was uh, talking to somebody and I said something about recording a podcast, and he's like, "Oh, what's what's the name of your podcast?" And I said, "I ship it. It's called I Ship It. It's about fan fiction." And he's like, "Oh, yeah, the fan fiction one. My roommate listens to that, and I died." I just died. I was like, wait, what? Do I know your roommate? He was like, I don't think so. I mean, she listens to a lot of podcasts, but I remember hearing her talk about that one specifically. And I was like, (gasps) what? So, I mean, I know that there are people that I don't know who listen to this podcast, but I, it's the first time anybody has told me about it. Like, I didn't tell him to tell his roommate who likes fan fiction and podcasts to listen to my fan fiction podcast. Not mean. And so it was just really, really exciting for me to, um, to hear that. And I told Chelsea about it and she squealed and we just, it's, it's been really exciting to have these little moments. And I just wanted to say thanks to you guys, um, for keeping, keeping the lights on as it, as it were by uh, listening and telling me what you like and answering my questions when I pose them to you and submitting asks and recommendations. And if you want to keep doing that and give us some attention and some love 
on iTunes. Please, 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 please leave us a review with words. It helps us get a higher rating and helps us get recommended to people on iTunes and found in search engines and and it just it just helps. It's the best thing you can do to support us if you are able to. And uh, most of you can work a keyboard, so I know that you're able to. And it only takes a minute. And I would really, 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 really appreciate it so much. But if you just want to follow along, we are on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook at iShipItPod. And we also have a uh, affiliate link for Amazon that you can shop with. We have a PayPal if you want to donate some cheddar cheese. And we also have a little uh, coffee set up. So if you want to buy us some coffees, that would be super swell. And we would definitely appreciate it. And I would probably, you know, fight really hard not to take that money and spend it at the artist gallery uh, galley at the next Comic-Con. But um, that's all I got for you guys today. So thanks so much for listening. I want y'all to have the best week ever. Send me your cringiest recommendations. I can't wait to read them. And stay geeky. I love you so much. 